Welcome to the Food Foundation's Quick Bites, our series of thoughts and snap analysis of news events. You can see our webinars on our Food Foundation YouTube channel and now on our award-winning podcast. I'm Shona Gauzy, I'm the Senior Policy and Advocacy Officer at the Food Foundation and this week I want to talk to you about our new findings on food insecurity and also new data that's come out this week on food inflation. So this week we published new data um, from a survey we conducted measuring levels of food insecurity. We've been monitoring levels of food insecurity since the start of the pandemic to really understand the scale of the problem and who's at most at risk to help identify who we want to be targeting support towards first during the COVID crisis and now during the cost of living crisis. What we've seen in the previous surveys is that levels of food insecurity increased drastically in 2022 as the cost of living crisis really took hold and families really started to feel the effects of that. And since then, levels haven't significantly improved. So the main findings from this most recent survey are that 17% of households experienced food insecurity in June this year. And that affects an estimated 9 million adults and 4 million children who live in those households. Um, This has barely decreased since the last survey we conducted right back at the start of the year. And usually we would expect levels of food insecurity to drop a bit in the summer because in winter people have really high heating bills and uh, we know that energy costs were really high this year. And that has a knock-on impact on squeezing people's food budgets. And so it's quite surprising that we haven't seen these levels drop more and obviously very concerning um, that we're not seeing a bigger improvement. Um, Part of the reason for this is that food prices are still incredibly high. Um, This week, the Office for National Statistics published new data on inflation, um, showing that food inflation is over twice as high as overall inflation. It's now at 17.4%. Again, this has decreased slightly, but still remains incredibly high. And inflation decreasing doesn't actually mean that prices are coming down either. It just means that they're rising less quickly. And so what we're hearing from people are still very much struggling with these high food prices and it's preventing them from being able to afford the food that they need. It's really difficult to predict what's going to happen with food prices, but there have been a few recent developments that are quite concerning for what we're going to see happening in the months to come, uh, particularly around um, developments in the Ukraine-Russia war this week. So... Ukraine is a major exporter of grain as well as oil. And so when Ukraine was first invaded, global food prices spiked considerably because they weren't able to export the food. And this had a knock-on impact on food prices around the world, including in the UK. In July last year, the UN brokered a deal between Russia and Ukraine, uh, which was called the Black Sea Grain Initiative. And this essentially allowed exports from Ukraine to continue. Um, The deal was very successful and global food prices started to come down again. Um, But unfortunately, this week, Russia declined to extend the deal once again. And um, so this week, there have reportedly been drone strikes on Odessa, which is the main port in Ukraine, and it reportedly destroyed 60,000 tonnes of grain. So experts are now very concerned about the impact on global food prices that we're going to see from this deal uh, falling apart. And, you know, this is going to have an effect on on lots of countries to a worse extent than the UK, but we may well start to feel those food prices being impacted here as well. And then on top of this, last week, Rishi Sunak announced that visa fees for overseas workers are going to be increased. Food producers are very reliant on overseas workers, and there have been a lot of labour shortage challenges for food producers for a few years now. Um, initially, this was due to COVID restricting travel and then uh, leaving the EU reduced workers from there as well. And these labour shortages also drive up prices for labour, which affects the um, prices that we see on the shelf in the supermarket. So these increases to visa costs may well have to be covered by the employer. And so there's concerns that this will impact on 
on the food prices that we see as well, because producers are going to have to pay more to secure overseas workers. So as you can see, it's a very precarious picture at the moment. Food insecurity levels are not decreasing at a significant enough speed. And so government really need to step in and take action if we're going to see an improvement. Food insecurity has such a negative impact on health and well-being, both on physical health, but also on mental health. You know, parents tell us about the huge stress and anxiety they experience not having secure access to food and not being sure that they can put food on the table for their children. So it's just so important that that tackling food insecurity is taken seriously by government and they really recognise the urgency of this issue. We're particularly concerned about children as our surveys show that households with children are at much higher risk than than those without. So 23% of households with children experienced food insecurity last month compared to 14% without children. So we can see that we really need to be targeting support towards these families. Um, There are some obvious steps that government can be taking to improve this, and we've been talking about these a lot over the past few years. So Free School Meals and Healthy Start are both government schemes that help low-income children access nutritious food. Um, But unfortunately, the tight eligibility criteria to be able to get these schemes mean that children have to be in families on extremely low incomes to qualify for the schemes. And this means there's lots of children living in poverty, and despite that, they aren't eligible for these schemes. So we urgently need to see them expanded to more children so that they can benefit from that healthy food. With Healthy Start, lots of families who are eligible aren't actually taking the scheme up, and so we need government to be putting more effort into trying to increase awareness of the scheme and making sure everyone who is entitled to it can benefit from it. On top of that, the value of the scheme hasn't actually increased since before the cost of living crisis. And we know that food prices have increased a huge amount since then. And so the amount of food that families could buy with those payments for Healthy Start two years ago is a significant less amount of food that they can buy with it now. And so it's not offering that same level of support that it once was. So we need to see that value increase to really take into account those increased prices. Both these schemes just have huge potential, but they're just not currently as effective as they could be. And making these improvements could go a long way to helping these struggling families. If you feel that you want to get involved, please do write to your MP and tell them that these issues are important to you. Please feel free to quote our data when you do that. And if you visit our website, you'll be able to find all our reports and uh, graphs showing all the evidence that I've talked about today. So please do go on there and find out more about these issues and show your support on socials and through contacting your MP. Thanks for listening.